And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Yeah, that is Josh Thompson. It is Wednesday, September 21st. And you know what that means, Josh Thompson? Do you know? Happy birthday to you. Oh, oh we're getting older, baby. I forgot it was my birthday, too. This <laughs> reminded me right now. You ass. What a guy, man. I didn't even realize. Come on. Oh, Happy man. Birthday, birthday to you. Jeez, finally, the big 5 oh, shit. Oh, fuck. I never oh my ass. <laughs> I thought I'd never get saying? here. You fucking at least put two numbers together. You're 44, baby. <laughs> You quattro un quattro. Um, oh, <laughs> quattro un quattro. <laughs> you know what's crazy, right, John? Is that, gosh, when I shave, right? I forget how sexy I Oh, God, here it I goes. I'm going to throw it in my mouth can, again. Until I can <laughs> see this jawline and these dimples, man. This oh, smile Jesus. is just flossing today, buddy. Never <laughs> felt so young in my life. Feel absolutely fantastic. The hairline's still there, but it is kind of holding on by a, by a thread a little bit. It's more of the the cuts from Tony Ferguson no, that no, I have in my dude, hairline. You didn't get cut in the back uh, section where you got no. that nice little glow, Ben. It, it's all in the. It's all right there in the front. It's getting a little thin up front. Thanks a lot, Tony Ferguson, for those cuts. Man, this one here, it looks like I'm starting a receding hairline, but that's actually a scar from Tony Ferguson right there. The hair just doesn't grow there anymore. Thanks, buddy. But um. You are right. It is, I, it is my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez, I, I didn't even, I swear I didn't even remember until you That's guys the, You don't want to remember. You uh, get up into this age group. It's like, yeah, oh. You know, John, how many times we've been in Milan. We've been in, I think, our, every year we're in another country for your birthday. Oh yeah, always. Are you are we in your, are you in Milan again this this year for your birthday, correct? No. no or you're back. I am back in between shows. Nice. I actually get to spend my birthday with my family. Nice. Nice. So it's pretty On good. the farm, probably working. Fucking <laughs> it's, <A>. like, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> insane. I have oh, to work because man. I keep screwing up and doing things that are stupid, like I told you, losing oh. parts of my vehicles and eh, what the hell. So you lost your key fob. You were oh. an hour away. You had to leave your car parked because you didn't have the key fob. And you found it in your okay. driveway, from what I understand. Let me ask you a question. Is your car supposed to start with the key fob on the outside of your no, vehicle? No, it's not. No, mine no. says the, it's not in the vehicle yet. Exactly. It says no key yeah. fob detected. Yeah. Well, what I did is he, I went. I had to take my wife to the airport because she's going to go and watch our grandkids. Well, my son and his wife go to Dublin, Ireland. They're going to go to watch the fights. and They're going to go and see what Ireland is all about. And so she, we're, redo, we're, we're doing this barn dominium thing, right? All that stuff. And she's got all this crap inside of my truck, you know, floor tiles and bathroom tiles and all this crap, right? And I'm like, Elaine, what are you doing? Can you put this somewhere? She goes, oh, I don't even need those. Those are ones that I'm not using. You can get rid of those. So I take and I, obviously, I put my key fob on the back of my truck bed, you know, because I've got a cover. And I set it up there and I've taken all these things out, right? 
And finally, I put them over and I close the door and I get in and boom, I hit the button on my truck, starts up. I forgot that I had put it on the back, right? And I take off. Well, when I take off, you know, I go down in hills and grass and everything and I'm on a farm. Well, obviously, I don't know that I don't have my key fob until because my wife wants to stop and get lunch before I take her to the airport. She picks the spot. I stop there. And as soon as I stop, I get out. I look for my wallet, take, have, take my wallet out of the door, put it in my thing. Where's my key? No key. Can't find it. It's like hit the start of the guy. No key fob detected. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> That's the only key I had, right? And I'm like, oh, man. So I, I call the Dodge dealership, right? Oh, it's five days and $500 for a key fob. Oh, yeah. Right? And they need to have the truck towed there because they have to program it with the key fob. But they won't get the key fob for five days. So now I have to call and get my wife an Uber because <laughs> I don't have a way to start my car. Right? So I'm sitting there at this place. I, so I decide to call. And I got to say this is why I'm telling this story. I call this tow truck company H&H in Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, excuse me, in Maryville. And they also have another one. And this guy, Ben, he's the owner. He gets on the phone. He tells me how much it will be, which is not that much to take it to the Dodge dealership. I'm like, great, come on out. He comes out. Good guy from Canada, from Toronto, Canada, originally. And... He starts saying, you know what? Screw this. Let me find out. And he starts calling his friends and stuff. He finds a guy that ends up getting me a key fob. Yeah, he has to tell my truck there and stuff, but gets me a key fob. And for half the price. So Ben at H&H Towing in Maryville, you are the man. Thank you very much. You made my life easier because it was a shit show. <laughs> Everybody should have a friend that knows a man. That know, I know uh, a guy. I know a guy. I had oh, a yeah, buddy, I know a guy. Thing. Yeah. I, there's always somebody that you know that knows a guy. There's got to be something. If you don't have one of those friends, fuck, you're doing something wrong. You need to have somebody. You need to have one of those friends. I had a buddy. He Whoa. passed, but it, man, he he knew a guy for everything. Hey, I need carpets. I know a guy. Need a roof. Know a guy. Gutters on my house. Know a guy. I was like, holy shit. I want to turbocharge my car. Know yeah. a guy. He just, yeah, he just basically, <laughs> he knew everyone. and got. I saved a lot of money going through my buddy. And uh, rest in peace, my man, Rob. But uh, um, but over man, it, it's one of the, my car. My you have a you have a brand new vehicle. Yeah, yeah. With the new the new uh, Dodge TRX, right? TRX, right? the the yeah. Raptor Killer. That's what yeah. they call it, the Raptor Killer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you would think they'd have the better technology. Like my Denali has better. They have a brand new Denali too. But as soon as the car starts to drive away and the key fob is not detected, it'll tell you please pull over. Key oh, so it can detected. stop right there. You okay? And this will tell you. Hold on. I actually I send my daughter back to say, "Hey, look, look up in the thing." Right? She can't find the key because she thought she, you know, she looks all over. So when I get home, I decide, okay, I start walking the whole path, you know, and it's a long, you know, it's probably a half mile up to the <laughs> thing, right? Sure enough, found that some bitch, man. <laughs> Needle in a haystack. Oh, found it. Jeez. Took a picture. Sent it to my wife. Said, "Yep." There it is. God Jeez. damn it. Miss McCarthy is like, what the fuck did you do? And then she had to take an Uber, right? To oh, the yeah. airport? Because you I, guys I, had. I put her in an Uber. Eat? Did you guys yes. eat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, 
you have found ways to really make things difficult these days. Hey, I'm just, you know. <laughs> First the oak tree, and then, you know, and then you went out and got yourself a one wheel, just waiting for yourself to collapse. No, no, what, come, on, come on. I haven't done anything with the one wheel. One wheel's no. been fantastic. Jeez, man. Jeez. Well, John, what you leave tomorrow, correct? Off yes, to, I do. To Ireland. So you have to a Ireland. Bellator oh, show. On. I dropped him. Hold on. No. I dropped him. Yeah, oh, oh, guys, yeah, we're going. I know, I know the guys from the Energy Podcast, Energize Podcast, show. Energize Podcast. They're probably mad at me. I don't have. I, they're packed away because I moved and I sold my gym. <laughs> I packed them somewhere. They're in this office somewhere, and I can't find them. So I'm gonna have to keep looking for them. But hey, let's let you guys know we're thinking the three of three arena. Yeah, those look. Those guys have been great, man. They've been fantastic. Those the, the Energize guys, man. They're so yeah, fantastic. They Check out their podcast. They do a great little MMA podcast as well, so check them out. Um, you leave tomorrow. I do, and, and I'm going to uh, miss you. Let's, yeah, but it's I your know. birthday. I know. So you got to stay I home. I knew. I do. I do. With kids, stay home. I just got to be home, man. Be home around family. Be I home don't around blame you. People I that I you. like. Whoa! <laughs> ow! Ow! That freaking hurt. Oh, you cut me deep, Shrek. Ow. You cut me real deep. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, hey, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and bounce into. Wait, wait. First, we're gonna bounce. touch on we're this bouncing. real quick. <clears throat> we're gonna touch on this real quick. We're gonna give a little. We're gonna give a little love to Jose Aldo. But we want to let you guys know that the clip we did a short uh, clip on him and his retirement, talking about giving him all the love he deserves. We did a little short clip on our clips channel. So hit the link down below. That'll take you to our clips channel. Check out that uh, clip that we did for Jose Aldo. We're talking more on that. So make sure you guys go to our clip channel. Hit the subscribe button as well and the uh, the little bell to get notifications from there. Because sometimes we'll be dropping when there's some heavy news that comes in like we did last what last week after the Chamayev, Nate Diaz debacle and all the ma the weight cutting issues. We dropped a special clip. They did the clip they did really well. That'll be available. Some of those clips will be available on the only clips channel. So make sure you guys hit that bell and notifications on this channel as well as that channel. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Big John, you got some Bellator fights. You're headed off to Ireland this weekend. There's going to be some great odds on the Bellator fights. And Big John and I are going to cover a little bit of them coming up on this episode. So, hey, go to MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code WAYNEIN. You're going to be able to pick our minds a little bit by what we have to say. And hopefully you guys can make a little bit of money using our promo code WAYNEIN at MyBookie.ag. But let's go ahead and uh, let's say, hey, man, I want to give Jose Aldo nothing but respect. He deserves it. He is continuing to be one of the greatest fighters to ever walk the face of the earth. One of the most dominant champions for such a long period of time. And we'll get into some stories or we did get into some stories on the clips. But I want to make sure that uh, we gave him some love on this on the big show. And um, man, he's going to be missed. I got to be honest. He's going to be missed. Oh, you think about the fights that he's had and, you know, who he has faced, you know, in competition. The guy came onto the scene with the WEC really is where people really started to know who he was and the people that he fought and the way that he won those fights. And you look and let's be honest, all the champions that he fought, the only people he ever lost to, you know, there's only two. He's had eight losses in his career, Josh. There's only two that were not champions. And one of them could be, that would be Marab. Devashili, who, you know, his his man is Aljamain, and he's not going to try, but that dude is good enough to be a champion anywhere he wants. And his first loss of his career, I can't say that that guy was a champion. It's the only one. He went on an 18-fight win streak from there. He yeah. fought everybody, Frankie Edgar multiple times, Chad Mendez. I mean, just a incredible 
you know, collection of fighters that went up against him, usually came out on the short end of the stick with him. But the yeah. guy just had an incredible career. If this is the end, and, you know, whatever he's going to do, hey, I just want to thank him for all the all the good times. I actually, you know, he was one of those guys that I wanted to referee, and I actually gave up a main event with George St. Pierre in, you know, Toronto with 55,000 people because I wanted to referee a Jose Aldo fight, and I thought his fight with uh, Mark Hominick was going to be the best fight, and I got to do that one, and he is just just an, a champion through and through. You, just the way he carries himself, the way he performs, best of luck with everything, man. Thank you very much for being so goddamn good. Yeah, absolute legend, man, absolute legend. Uh, like I said, check out the Clips channel uh, where we did a special feature just directly on him. We'll talk about some of his past. We'll talk about all the things that he's accomplished as well as some of the things that um, he may be looking forward to here in the future. Who knows? All right, so let's get into the Bellator that's happening this weekend in Dublin, Ireland. It's at the Three Arena, correct? It is. Gotta love yes. the Three Arena. I'm going to be honest. Since You're gonna I'm miss that part. The show, I'm going to miss that part. I'm yeah, going to miss... Don't blame me, man. I'm going to miss the, uh, the bar afterwards and that little... <laughs> At the, at the, I think it's called the Gibson Hotel is where we normally stay, right across the, the, the walkway there. Owned by you two. And, oh, is it really? I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. And then that little Thai place down on the corner. I'm going to miss that Love place, that too. Place. That place yeah. is fantastic. I'm so glad they went in there during COVID, by the way, which is the strangest thing. They actually opened their doors during COVID, yeah. but thankfully they did because they were fucking fantastic food. So good. Absolutely. Anyways, um, let's go ahead. Let's talk right about the main event. You got Peter Cooley versus Benson Henderson. Yes, sir. John, I mean, I'm going to be honest, man. I haven't done any research on any of these guys, so you go right ahead and take the show over. Well, first off, I think <laughs> that you know both of these guys pretty well. One of them you actually fought against, and I remember yeah. that fight pretty well, even yeah. though it wasn't in Ireland. It was in Chicago. But cold as fuck, by the way. <laughs> it was cold then. That's true. Oh. Look at Peter Quilia against Benson Henderson is a good matchup. They're, they're they're very similar as far as fighters in a lot of ways, in that they're both slow starters. They're both guys that you know just tend to wear down their opponents with a lot of volume and everything. Neither one's got that huge knockout power, but volume wise, they put it on guys. And they just tend to wear people out. We've seen Peter Queeley have some outstanding fights where he's come back from, you know, he's been hurt, come back and really put it on. And the fight he had against Ryan Scope. Absolutely dude, fantastic fight. Unbelievable fight. You know, and Benson, we've seen it how many times. And he's so goddamn durable. But he's getting older. And he's a yeah. little bit, you know, some of the things that he could do in the past, it's a little bit different now. But they match up so well. In this, this is really to me, who's the guy that gets off and starts going after their opponent, puts them on their back foot, and really starts to set the tone of the fight. They both tend to, you know, always take time and, and then get rolling. And once they get rolling, hey, you know, they both can really put it on their opponents, but they both have got to get going early in this fight. I, I think that if they if they allow their opponent to get, you know, ahead of them. It's going to be hard for them to catch up whichever way it goes. Yeah, I would agree with you. I also believe that Peter Quigley is a different animal when he fights in Dublin. Yes. He is a different fighter. He, he There's that never say die attitude that he possesses, but he has it even more when he has that crowd behind him. And that arena rocks when he walks out. I mean, 
I've been there several times when he's done the walkout to zombie and it's just the crowd is electric from beginning to end. They got nothing but love for Peter Queeley. He is their guy. When it comes to Benson Henderson winning a decision in this town, it's going to be very difficult for him to do that because it seems like every, and we said Benson finds ways to squeak by in the decisions, but so does Peter, but, but so does Peter, but Peter also has a lot of output. He is someone that has a lot of output. He is a slow starter, but he has a lot of output. He is very active, but he, he like touches, 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 movement, touch, kick. He's that kind of fighter. There's a lot of output, which will, which will get him to win the rounds. Benson is someone who does a lot of movement, but there's not a lot of output and he finds ways to squeak ahead on the, on the judges scorecards, but he hasn't been as lucky since coming to Bellator. But in the UFC, oh, no. he was getting wins over people that, a lot of people thought he lost to. Yeah. And when he and as when he came to Bellator, he started losing all those close decisions. And yep. it's worked against him. Peter Queeley has the home crowd behind him. He will fight a little bit harder because of that. And everyone that says the crowds don't make a difference, you're lying. It's bullshit. It does. It absolutely does. Because if I was there calling that fight when he fought Ryan Scope, had they been fighting in a different arena, I don't know if he would have got out of that round. He got yeah. dropped early with that with that that uh, shot he and that was kick. Hurt. He bad. was really hurt. Took a beating for yep. a good minute and a half, maybe even two, it was about a minute and a half. Uh, about two minutes. Beating, yeah. Got got the reversal. Got on top. Put some work together on the body. Came back up top. Beautifully done. But that crowd made a huge difference, and I expect this crowd to really drag him through this fight to get him into that winning position. It's up to Peter Peter Quilly to get it done, though. Absolutely. And here's the one thing I I want to. You know what it's like when he comes out to that the song oh, "Zombie" and zombie, the entire yeah. crowd. He's coming out first. He is in the blue corner in this. Yep. And I, I, I'm, I'm making a bet that you're gonna have a hard time. You may be able to hear it on TV, but if you're in the arena, you're not gonna be able to hear Benson Henderson being announced. Well, Peter Quill, that crowd will he, be that loud. <laughs> he requests that he comes out first. Yes. So everyone's like, oh, well, Peter's so it ranked it ahead of him. Or, so it drowns out his walkout and his walkout music so that Benson can never really get the rhythm going right from the beginning. He's requested it every time because he knows that that crowd will sing Zombie through his opponent's walkout. Yep. And I know it's not a long walkout because of the three arena. It's not a long walkout. It's almost like a straight downward ramp right into the cage. Yeah. Um. I, they, I think they may have fixed it, so it's going to walk straight now from the cage to the to the top. I think they were talking about that the last. Time oh, we instead there. of going around, instead of going around the cage. I mean, yeah. they may not have done it, but I know they were what talking a, about it. But what a unbelievable arena that is, as oh. far as when you know it's packed every time, and the UFC has had you know when, when Connor fought who was it um, Diego, oh. he fought um, uh, Brandao yeah. there, and uh, I mean. It is so loud in that arena. You can't talk to the person next to you. Well, it's a it theater seating, so that's what the pur its purpose is to make sure that it, the, the yeah. sound carries, and it does a great job. But look, look, even outside the arena, let's just be honest: the Irish fans are the best, I think, in the world. When you're oh. talking about when it comes to combat sports, now I haven't been to like I haven't been to a football or a soccer game. I haven't been to a soccer game out there to see how they are there, but I can imagine how they are in the fight arena. I'm sure it transfers even more into the football yeah. stadium. So this they it's the fans. John, you and I have done a lot of fights all around the world. What's your favorite place to go to? 
Dublin, this Ireland. Arena. Dublin, yeah. Ireland. You know, next, I would say probably next would be London. London's, London's just, you London's know, it's, great. it's very good as Newcastle, well. Newcastle, all Newcastle, of them are great. Yeah, yeah, great places, Manchester. great venues, great fans, absolutely fantastic fans. Um, I never, I never was able to go to uh, Israel, but I heard the fans there are absolutely fantastic Unbelievable. as well. Yeah, yeah, they're crazy. Um, but when I look at this fight, I, I agree with you 100%. It's going to come down to Benson Henderson. He's got to get started fast. He's got to have output because I don't think he's going to win a judge's decision because Peter Cooley is a very active fighter. He may not, he may be a slow starter, but there's a lot going on. He moves, he kicks, he, he pot shots you. He waits for you to, to overcommit on something. He tries to hit land elbows. If Benson tries to get a takedown, we saw with the Patricky Pitbull fight, he will try to cut you from the bottom with elbows oh, yeah. and have success. Um, he's got that body frame that's kind of tall, long, and lanky for the weight class, and he and he'll try to use those elbows to his advantage, especially if he's on the ground. So Benson's got to be very cautious, be very careful if this thing hits the ground. And on the feet, I think Benson is the better fighter on the feet, and I think Benson fights better in a phone booth. He cannot, he can't, he can't allow. He Peter doesn't Cooley want to, to fight, fight him, him at range. At, he does not want to fight him yeah. at range. You're absolutely yeah. correct. Um, you beat me to the punch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's still in the words right out of my mouth. That's normal. Um, <laughs> great minds think alike. This is what we say, but it's, it's true. He's got to make sure he fights him a little bit more in a phone booth. He's because Benson's got pretty tight boxing. He's good mm-hmm. kind of in the clinch with the clinch against the fence. Good pressure. Um, Benson should try to use his knees a little bit more, which I think that'll benefit him a lot. If he gets into that clinch, he doesn't utilize him as much as he possibly could. But in that phone booth between the, the tight boxing as well as the knees, I think he's got a good chance, especially with that little hill strike that he likes to do to the calves and to the thigh and his leg kicks. He's got to fight him in that range. He can't afford to fight him at range where Peter's longer and he utilizes his length a lot better than Benson does. Yeah, I agree with that. And the other part that I, I really look at, Benson has been utilizing his kicks much more and he's been going against guys that are very good grapplers and he's still using those kicks. In this matchup, he's the better grappler, especially the wrestling part. And so he can use those kicks even more. He needs to, you know, he brings them up high, he brings them to the body, brings them down to the leg. Keep, keep attacking with it. It's a good distance range checker for him. It'll put him into place for getting inside and using exactly what you're saying. The clinch work that he's really good with and the knees inside can make a big difference in the fight. The one thing I will say, though, John, is that I follow Benson on social media. I follow I follow Peter as well. But Benson, he's very active right now in kind of being the head coach, along with John Crouch at yeah. the lab. And he's kind of, you know, he's obviously taken over being the head coach for his wife and doing a lot of stuff with the younger, talented fighters that he has up and coming. I wonder how much that is taking away from his actual performances in the gym to get better. And like you said, he is getting older. Father Time is undefeated. We're finding that out for everyone. Jose Aldo, you know, other fighters that are, are retiring as well. There is. He's, well, he's right at that. Isn't he 38 38 now? or 39. Yeah. I think he's somewhere in that 38 or 39. He's right at it. He still looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, Jesus. He's coming on 39 in November. Yeah. His waistline has fucking got to be like a 28. Yeah. He's got like a small 28 waist. I haven't he's had tiny. a 28 waistline since I was 12. Was 12 not even 12. You're probably like. Not even 12, third grade. That's like eight years old. Uh, <laughs> Your thigh was like 28. When you I were did 12. have, I, dude, I, I had, I had big thighs. bigger than 28 inch thighs at one yeah. time. So, you got a massive ah. big head. 
Well, you got to have big legs to hold up that big head. Yes, this is true. Uh, overall, this I'm expecting. A, I'm expecting a good fight. There should be a scrap. It's a five round fight. You're in Ireland. That crowd's going to be pumping, and I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. Yeah, I uh, think that there there will be some technical technical aspects to it, but I actually think it's going to end up being a brawl. I really? think they're going to start brawling. Yeah, I really do. I think that you know I, Peter likes to push people in that fight, and Benson doesn't back down from anyone. So. I think it's going to really be a fun fight. I think it will be good. Uh, now let's get into the co-main event, which is Yoel Romero versus Melvin Manoff. Man, I, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit of a I'm going to be a little bit of a critic right now, John. All right. This is not the fight that I want to see Yoel Romero fighting. I don't want to see Melvin Manoff and Yoel fight. It's not a fight that I'm interested in watching. It's not a fight that I would have put together at all. And I get it; it's Melvin's retirement fight. But this is not a fight I want to see Melvin go off onto. This I have the same I have the same respect. <laughs> That I did with Nate Diaz is oh, Nate Diaz. Okay. I don't want to see him go against Chamayev. I don't want to see Melvin Manoff go against Yoel Romero. Thank you. And I said it so many times. I, I I said it to look at the main man. I said it to Scott Coker. I said, "Why do you hate Melvin Manoff?" <laughs> right? And he goes, "I love Melvin." What are you talking about? I go, "No, look at who you've put him against. Yeah, multiple times here." I go, Corey Anderson. He put him against Corey Anderson. Now he puts him against Yoel Romero. I go, do you hate this man? Yeah. You know, the, the guys that have always given him problems are the guys that are great wrestlers. Well, you put him against a really good wrestler <laughs> in Corey Anderson, and now you're putting him against a better wrestler yeah. in Yoel Romero. I would have loved to have seen Melvin go, because he's the one that has said that this is his last fight. Yeah. And that's great. You know, he's, he's had a hell of a career. And he's, look, he's beat people that, you know, a who's who, you know, dude, he knocked out Mark Hunt in 18 seconds. Yeah. I think it was 18 he's seconds. He's I mean, savage. the dude is just, if you remember, remember his fight with Robbie Lawler and the leg kicks he was throwing yeah. and he got knocked out, but yeah, just but he unbelievable. Was, but he was putting it on Robbie. Oh my God. Unbelievable. But Melvin's such a good stand up fighter. He's so fun to watch. We put him against Yoel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You hate no. Melvin Manhoff. <laughs> he's he's just he's one of those guys though. He always wants to fight the best guy or someone yeah, he can he challenge does. himself with. But the issue is though, like I wanted to see him right off into the sunset. You know, we were supposed to go pre-COVID. We were supposed to go to um to Amsterdam, and he was supposed to have his retirement fight there. And then COVID hit, and then the whole thing got pushed back. And you know, we were yep. trying to get in there to, to do the show there, and it was supposed to happen. This fight here, I know it's not in Amsterdam, but I think he's going to come with a little bit of extra vigor, you know, for this fight. And we'll see exactly what he can get done. He's got to keep this thing on the feet. The thing that scares me the most was Yoel Romero, his fight against Phil Davis. You could tell that he put the weight on, but it wasn't the right way. And then you saw him put the weight on for his uh, Polizzi fight. Polizzi, yeah. And, and he fucked Polizzi up. Dude, it wasn't he... just the because it was Polizzi. He, he broke his jaw in two places. He put a beating on him. That fight could have been stopped several times. Please, he was yeah. too tough for his own good. Yep. But in that fight, when you saw Yoel Romero weigh in, you saw Yoel Romero uh, take his shirt off the night of the fight and get it, step into that cage, I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> you're built different this time. He yeah. looked chubby in the fight with Phil Davis. This yeah. fight? He, he, that, that Alice Polizzi fight, he looked like a whole different animal. Just well, he didn't. Look, he didn't. I, I'll never say that he looked chubby. But I will. <laughs> you're horrible. The dude's in there with fucking 
he's got an eight pack and he's you're calling him chubby but well, john not all of us were did, born with a keg like you buddy dude if, if, <laughs> let me ask you a question if given yeah. the opportunity josh and you can have a keg or you can have a six pack what are you going to take always go with the keg baby a I'm lot more beer in that bad boy this small frame <laughs> only needs a six pack you buddy. candy ass see <laughs> that's it <laughs> so oh. but seriously there was a difference in how it was almost like a hardness to Yoel. You saw his yeah. shoulders and everything. He just in that Polizzi fight, you went, "Wow, he's dude. He's he's just looking thicker and stronger than he did in that fight with Phil Davis." So yeah, you're right. We're gonna see you know what what brings you know what brings to light here in Dublin. But I look at this fight. Yoel, for the most part, he'll stand with him though. He's I don't I don't see him going straight to wrestling and trying to take no. him down. That's not who Yoel is. He'll eventually do it, but he's going to stand with him for a while. I think Melvin Manoff's going to try and hit him quick. Oh yeah, like fast and early. He's going to come at him aggressively. Uh, in the Corey Anderson fight, he was very hesitant because he knew that Corey was going to wrestle him. Yoel Romero is not the same. Even though he he's an Olympic silver medalist, even though he's a fantastic wrestler, we all know that. He just chooses not to utilize his wrestling. He knows yep. he can take a shot. He's got a good shin. Yep. He also knows he can deliver some nasty power. If he touches Melvin Manoff's chin, it could be lights out, man. Melvin's when been knocked out by some. When he explodes, yeah. it's nasty. You know, he just doesn't do it very often. And let's 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 not forget though, Melvin Manoff is not a big. He's not. A, he should be a. He should be one eighty five. Yeah, eighty five. But like, he, he's honestly, thick. If, he's, he's too. If he he's was, too thick he for one seventy. But he's, he should be at one eighty five. He's like a Joaquin Buckley. I think he looks. Yeah. I think he phys, like physically. He's, he's kind of built. He's a tweener. Yeah. But I'm looking. I'm looking at this fight going. Yoel can win it on the feet with a big shot, and Yoel can win it by taking this fight to the ground, like how he did with Machida. As soon as the fight hits the ground, just some nasty ground up and it could be over. Yeah. Melvin Manoff has one opportunity, one chance. I mean, it could be a big shot delivered or delivered with a head kick, something along those lines, but he's going to have to catch him clean because you're well with those traps and that no neck. It goes straight from fucking shoulders to ear. I mean, it's going to be hard to knock him out. Yeah. It's going to be a tough task. Uh, Melvin's got his hands full this weekend. He does. What other fights on here? Brett Johns against Jordan I'm gonna winski. I love that. I'm That's gonna winski. But Brett Johns is a damn good fighter, and and he's fighting much better right now than he has in the past. He's gotten smarter about what he's doing. He's got great jujitsu. He's got great judo. His stand up has gotten much cleaner. It's gonna be a tough fight for Jordan Winsky. Brett Johns is the real deal. Danny Sabatello came in and got a win against him though in his first fight. Both of their first fights in Bellator. And Jordan Winsky needs to take a look at the what Danny did in that fight and kind of try to follow that uh that game plan. I'm just not sure that he can do it. Yeah, I'm gonna Winsky can't wrestle like Danny Sabatelli. No, he can't. He can't wrestle like him. He doesn't he doesn't have the speed and the quickness on the takedowns like him. He doesn't have that Purdue pedigree of wrestling to get that fight to the ground. Purdue as much pedigree. And let's not forget Sabatello took that fight on like five or something. No, five seven days, days notice. notice. Yeah, seven days notice. He came out and put on a great performance, a very dominating performance. And Brett Johns just didn't know what hit him, but I think he yeah. he learned a lot from that fight after talking with him a little bit. You know, in the some of the fighter meetings, as well as talking to him around the casino and the 
in the arena. He's like, look, I learned a lot. That was a very eye opening to think that I was just going to come in here and dominate it. And he didn't dominate at all. He got dominated by someone who took a fight on short notice. And, and that's not to be said, like Sabatello is a stud. He's fighting Rafian Stotts in the semifinals of the Bantamweight tournament. Um, that's going to be a fantastic fight, but he's not someone to be overlooked. Like, oh yeah, because he took it on short notice. No, he's someone who's always training. He's always in shape. Brett Johns has learned a lot from that fight. He's going to come out, just do what he does. He tried to get away from it in that fight and it worked against him. I think in this fight, he's going to have to do what he does the, to the best of his just, ability. Get the takedown, grind yep. on him, really yep. wear on them, make it dirty and grimy. If he can do that to I'm going to win ski, then, uh, He's getting, then he's, he's going to put, I'm going to win ski in the losing column. He's going to, I'm going to lose ski. I'm going to lose ski is what he's going to do. Mads Burnell facing Pedro Carvalho. This is a great matchup. I think it's a tough fight for, for Pedro as far as he, he lives, you know, by being a guy that can take the fight to the ground and really do good work. And in going against Mads Burnell, Mads Burnell on the ground is not somebody you want to be there with. Yeah, uh, he, this Maz Burnell is he's got a, a very tough, durable stand up style. He's always coming forward. He's always looking to hit you with shots to the body. This is it's a good matchup. It is a really good you know featherweight matchup. It's just one that Pedro has got to be very, very on his game and moving in the stand up game to take angles against Mads. He does that and he starts putting shots on him. Then he can go into being in the top position, but he's always going to have to be careful of that ground game with Mads, especially that Japanese necktie that Brunello is so good at. Yeah, that Japanese necktie, though, that Mads is good at, that, that only works when you're pretty much on top. He's going to have to hit yep. that position from that half-guard position. I think that Mads will be the one, if, he, if this does hit the ground, I think Mads might be the one on the bottom. Um, that's if... Pedro tries to take it there. I think Pedro's going to try to stand as much as possible, but yeah, I, don't I, think think so too. Favor, I don't think that favors him as well. Yeah. I think Mads is someone who can take shots. We've seen that already. He's someone that can take shots. He's someone that can deliver shots. He, he, he takes damage very well, and if he hits the ground, he's comfortable on the ground. And I do think that if as the fight goes on, he may try to get to that top position, but Pedro's got an uphill battle. This is going to be a really tough fight. Stylistically, it's a very bad matchup for Pedro. And I like Pedro a lot. He's a fantastic fighter. Yep. He's yep. such a great person, man. Great. What Dude, a great he's, guy. He's got such a great confidence about himself and, yeah. the, and the way he looks at his career and what he wants to do and stuff. You just look at him and go, man, I wish everyone had that yep. freaking mindset that you have. And he, he does have it. It's the, the one thing that I look at in this is the guys that tend to give Mads problem are guys that are fast. Pedro's not, not real fast. Him and Mads match up very well in, in the speed department. So he's going to have to, be, like I said, be on his game and footwork with angles. Yep. We'll see if he can do it. What else you got? Well, I in looking at there was there's a couple in here. I want people to know about Dara Kelly. He's only one to know, but man, that kid is a stud. He's good. Brian Moore, the Pike man, going against Lima da Silva. That's actually a good fight where I think someone's definitely going to go to sleep because Lima da Silva likes to throw power. Brian Moore, we know, I call him the Irish Canelo because he goes to the body so well. And then Lima Court, you know, going against Diana Silva. Lima Court is one of those fighters where you look, she is very good in the grappling game 
and she can suck people into that grappling game. But her stand-up has gotten better and better and better to the point where now she can utilize her stand-up to get to those grappling situations without taking a lot of damage. We'll see if she's going to be able to do that against Diana Silva, who likes to be in the stand-up game. She can go to the ground, but she likes to be in the stand-up game throwing shots, and she likes to fight at range. So we're going to see if Lee McCourt can get inside of that range on her. John, the fight that I'm looking forward to, though, is Kay Musa and Georgia Carhanian. Yeah, that's I'm a good I'm looking one. forward to that because Georgie has been looking fantastic at 155. Sure, he's had some wins. Sure, he's had some losses. But to me, he's someone that brings it. And at 155, he's been a way better fighter. He's someone that just he can take a shot a little bit better. He can a deliver lot shot a lot, a lot more power. He can deliver shots with a lot more power. And and people underestimate his his grappling. His grappling is phenomenal. I think he that's very. The, that's the big difference in this fight. Yeah, his grappling compared to Kane Moose and Kane's not bad. It's that Georgie is damn good. The thing is, is Kane always tries to press people to the fence. He tries to control them there, kind of slow the pace down, try to knee you and hit you with shots, you know, against the fence. He's not going to do that with, with Georgie. Georgie's bigger than him. Georgie's going to be, I think, a little bit stronger than him. And I think if this fight, if Georgie's able to press him to the fence and get a takedown, Kane Musaw is going to have a hard time getting up off the bottom. He's yeah. going to have a really hard time. And Georgie is someone who can deliver the shots, the ground and pound. And, and you got to be careful of that guillotine. That arm and guillotine is nasty. Ooh. He's quick on it. He's nasty with it. You know, the other guy up there is Carl Brexton. He kind of always gets overlooked, but he's a dog, man. He's a dog. Dude, when he's, you talk his last fight yep. against Yakshamuradov, <sighs> you know, it was fantastic. That dude showed such heart. He's so goddamn tough. I mean, I, he's he came into Bellator. He lost to Phil Davis. Yeah, he's gotten multiple wins since that time and against Carl Moore I'd say you got to say he's the favorite in the fight it's not yeah. that Carl Moore is you know bad fighter good fighter himself so it's, it's going to be good competition but you got to say that Albrexen is the guy that you should look at and say yeah, he's the favorite got it any other fights on this card you want to talk about you know what the, the one that starts the whole thing off Dante Skiro who gets no love against Luca Poklik I think that's going to be a fun fight, and I think Dante Skiro is going to be kind of uh, in a position where you, you better be careful if you're Luca because you cannot overlook how good he is off of his back. Who, Dante Luca Skiro, or Skiro? Skiro. Yeah, he's very good off of his back. Very good off his back. For a guy that can wrestle, he already proved anyway, off of his back. He, he is a handful, and he's hard. He's got a great elevator sweep. He does all kinds of nice movement underneath. He creates space. So Luca's only got one one loss. Dante Skiro, he's going to have a hard time getting that win against him, but he can do it. I had a nice chat with Skiro after his last fight, and I just told him, look, you got to start believing in your stand-up, man. He could have got his last opponent. He could have got him out of there a lot earlier. Had he thrown, instead of just throwing the ones and the twos, throw the threes and the fours. Follow yeah. up with that three and four and throw some vigor behind it, man. That's my word of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, as you guys know, as you guys can tell, look, just throw a little extra oomph behind it. Let the combinations go. Believe in it because he made that fight go longer than it needed to go by just not putting the threes and the fours and sometimes the five behind combinations that landed. That That's something that I think a lot of fighters, they don't they don't quite believe in their stand-up, so they just land the one-two and they move on to the wrestling, they move on to the grappling, the clinching. It's not always that way. When you feel it land, you know it landed. Make space. Create space. Don't smother yourself and let the combination go. 
And I was letting him know that afterwards. And, you know, he kind of gave me some good feedback. And he's like, you know, I agree. I, we were talking about it in the corner, you know, even after the fight. But we'll see if he can get it done this time. But, uh, yeah, he's nasty off of his back. He's very hard to pass guard. He's got that long, tall, long, and lanky kind of body figure where his hook sweep is real good. His positioning is real good. And um, he's a talented fighter. It's just up to he him is. to pull the trigger and let it all go and put it together in the cage. Yeah. So good luck on that. Bellator this weekend um, in Dublin, Ireland. This will be on Showtime, correct? It is on Showtime. It is on Showtime. John, let's talk a little bit real quick about something. There has let's been go. talk. There has been talk. I saw the link the other day that um, that was sent to me that I sent off to you guys that Bellator is going to potentially move you know, to Paramount, Showtime will potentially shut down if it goes to Paramount Plus. I think it benefits everybody worldwide for that to happen. I mean, I'm thinking like everyone, there's 70,000. No, I'm just thinking there's 70, 70 million, 70,000. 76 million. 76 million people in the UK, not UK, but in Europe. Europe. And then there's 50 million in the US. And you can watch it at any time. I mean, if this is to happen... I think it's going to be a big step up for the Bellator organization to be able to broadcast their fights overseas for everyone to watch at certain times. I mean, I love Showtime. I love the people that work for the, I love the people that work for Showtime. We've, I've had a relationship with everyone that's been there, um, since Strike Force days. I mean, I'm, my career was built on Showtime and, uh, f- fantastic group of people, fantastic, um, production crew, the whole crew, everyone is still kind of the same crew from way back when I was around. And so it, it's, they're all fantastic. Everyone. I just think the way of the way, the way that the apps are all going, the way that ESPN plus and Paramount plus and, and these apps are really kind of just taking over. And if you start thinking of we're going to be doing the UK market or the European market for Bellator is very big. I mean, every time we go, whether it's Milan, we go to Dublin, we go to London, they're sold out arenas. Every yep. single time, uh, uh, what's it called? Israel sold out arena. I mean, anywhere we would go, it was sold out arenas. Fantastic. And I think that makes it more viewer friendly for everyone. It's going to be, I wonder, I'm, I'm interested to see how this all plays out. That's what I'm interested in to see. It will. It, it's one of those you look and you go scary, scary in some ways, because anytime you have, where things, you know, all of a sudden now they're being absorbed by another thing. Yeah. That means someone's losing jobs. And yeah, I hate that true, part John. of it. I hate that's that part. True. Of it. You know, you know here's the thing though. It might this be is, me and you. Yeah, it might it might be. It might be. <laughs> it might be. The the greatest thing about all this, those decisions are made above our pay grade. There you <laughs> that's go. The, that's exactly that's what it, it is. But that's I mean exactly I, I look, I will continue to be someone who supports the growth of the sport, whether I'm included in it or not. I mean, I love working yeah. for Bellator. I love, I love working. I loved working for Spike. I love working for Paramount Plus when we were on there. I love working for CBS Sports when we were on there. I love working for Showtime. I love everywhere we went. It was fantastic getting to build relationships everywhere we went. Our production crew is absolutely fantastic. I look at Paramount Plus and I'm like, man, to think you're in quadruple the amount of houses you know, from Europe to here and the opportunity to really, um, to grow and grow the brand and grow the sport of MMA. That's, that's something that I've always been passionate about, man. It's always sport of MMA. It's all about eyeballs, Josh. Yeah. The more, the more eyeballs that watch MMA, be it UFC, Bellator, PFL. So why, what do we do all the time? We're always telling everyone, Hey, go watch one, watch those guys, man. Watch the PFL. It's about growing the sport of MMA because the bigger the sport gets, 
Yep. The more the, the fighters make, the more, the more everything you know grows. That's that's the whole way of doing it. So if we can get more eyeballs on it through Paramount Plus, then I'm all for it. Well, look at what one did, right? They signed that deal with uh, Amazon. Amazon Prime, and that yeah. was a fantastic. I mean, I, I believe it's only for eight shows, seven. Or yeah, eight I don't shows. know what it is, but at least it gets eyeballs on them. Yep, yep. Because that's that the was the thing. one. That was the one thing they were the having the hardest thing doing because they were in Singapore, mainly stationed yeah. out of Singapore is their home base. But because they were in the Asian market, it was hard for them to get eyeballs on it here in the U.S. and here in the U.K. or over in the U.K. because of the time change. Sure. And so putting it onto Amazon Prime, if someone wanted to wait up until three or four in the morning, they had the opportunity to wait up until three, four in the morning and became more available to them on Amazon Prime. I feel that anything that is doing to build the sport because look what people have to remember is that all these fighters need a place to go they need they need they need top level uh organizations for them to go to and now the ufc whether it's full or not bellator whether it's full or not and one whether it's full or not, you got pfl that's even there is hundreds of thousands of fighters out there looking for work in a major promotion and they can't get to it because they just don't have enough shows that they're doing every year you talk right. to some of these managers they're like man i've got a young guy you know he's 14 and 0 i can't get him signed by anybody because he doesn't have any fights that are that anyone's really seen they've all been in you know a really tough you know russian fight organization or they've been in a really tough you know asian fight organization or wherever they just haven't been able to get eyeballs on them and these young fighters need to have eyeballs on them in any way that they can so i think i think anything that helps the sport grow that potentially can add more money into every fighter's pocket and eventually could lead to more to more money into the the sport of mma that's not a bad thing that's not so good all right anyways i just saw that that link and i was like you know that could be that could be some big news. We'll see. But like I said, could it's be. above our pay grade. <laughs> That's above, way above <laughs> our pay grade. But um, all right, let's uh, let's see what else you got for us there, Dave. All right. So uh, first story I have is now you know Nate Diaz has is in his free agency, and um, there's a lot of talk about what he's going to do next. Um, so the main one that I saw was Mike Perry's comments about um. Uh, being in BKFC and saying that you know he would that, that's a fight obviously he would he'd love to have in BKFC, um and then in addition Henry Cejudo's made comments that he could see Nate jumping in WWE, um and Nate Diaz himself has said that Jake Paul is is you know an absolute for something is going to happen he's just you know they're just not putting a time on it. Yeah, I believe Jake Paul has one more fight on Showtime after this. I I don't know if. That would be the Jake. That would be the Nate Diaz fight for them to put it on there. I'm not sh- like you know if they would be able to get that to come together. If uh, Anderson and Jake, if J- if Jake's able to be Anderson Silva, I mean, that's huge. That's a huge deal. I mean, in terms of everyone. I mean, the reason why I say it's a huge deal. Look, I think Jake. I think Jake has a, a 66, 60 to sixty five percent chance of winning this fight. The age. The chin, all those things, the the athleticism, it's it's all going to go to Jake. Now, this boxing skill level is going to go to Anderson. I don't think the athleticism is going to go to Jake. I absolutely do. At this no. age. Look, Anderson Silva younger? Absolutely not. I was gonna, I'm going to pick Anderson Silva all day long. But the way he has slowed down 
the way that he doesn't absorb shots like he used to. If you want to say um, the speed's going to go to Jake, I'll go with that. I mean, it's not like Jake's not an athlete. <laughs> yeah, he's Was he ever a world champion? No. 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 Is he ever a fucking national champion? No. But the how world good of a, champion. How good that, of an athlete is he? He's the okay. World the world champion you were talking about, though, that's 10 years removed. <laughs> that's not the same. That's not the same guy we're talking about. We can't compare that. I just, not I, quite just 10 years honest. removed. It's not close, quite 10 though. years removed. Not it's close. close. Yeah. It's close. Uh, but it's, See, this is what happens. This ha- happens 40, as you get older. He's 48 years old. He lost the title when he was, what, 38, 39? I mean, he's 48. It's 47, 48, 48, I believe. I'm just saying, it's close. He's about about eight years removed, I think. When did he lose his title? He lost to Chris Weidman. He never got yeah, it back. He did. No. He lost to Chris Weidman. That was that was That's Luke right. Rockhold beat Chris Weidman, and then he he lost. He yeah, wow. That was he lost to Bisping fight. at 199. Yeah, okay. that was a while back. First one, so it was we're almost a, 2013. Almost a 300. 2013. Ten years. Nine years. Almost almost ten years. Nine so years. I wasn't, I wasn't July. so far off. Nine years. I wasn't years. so far off. <laughs> Once you pass July, we're getting into the 10-year mark, buddy. You're, you're I'm rounding up. You're I'm rounding right. up. You're absolutely right. So, that, that steel trap you have there is not so steel anymore. You got it was pretty steel enough buddy. to say that it was not 10 years yet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I feel like the the welding on the corners is starting to get a little seepage. Yeah, there, there's cracks. <laughs> Oh, some precipitation coming out of the corner. I I just, I look at it and and it's like everything. The youth, absolutely. I think the speed goes to Jake. But there's a thing about understanding how to push a fight. How to, how to do things within the fight. You know that if you've, you know, people that have fought understand, hey, there's ways of going about this and I don't have to do this right away. And that's what, if you're Anderson, you're going out there saying, I'm going to frustrate you. I'm going to give you some problems. And all that frustration is going to do a lot of things to you that your age would help you with. I'm going to take it away. And we're going to see if he can do that. I think he can. Yeah. I Look, I, I believe he probably can. But can he do it for a long duration? I don't know. How, how many rounds is this? Eight rounds? Yeah, but rounds? He, went eight, he went eight with uh, Chavez Jr. and then... Like like it was nothing. Gotcha, gotcha. So, no mean, problem. I look at Jake. Jake's not going to be a a standard boxer, and you know that the, the standard boxer is going to give is going to make it easier for I think Anderson Silva, a guy who doesn't fight like a standard boxer, like Jake Paul doesn't fight like a standard boxer. It may give Anderson a little bit of a different look. Maybe punches coming from angles that a standard boxer is not going to throw. Someone like Chavez Jr. Right, he's going to throw it. Like a boxer. Yeah. Jake Paul's not going to throw everything like a boxer combination. Won't be as tight. Won't be as fluid. All those things. But punches will come from angles that Anderson's maybe not expecting. Because Anderson's been in the game for so long. He's used to sparring with top-level guys. Fighting the best guys in the world. Fighting those guys that are kind of a little bit more of a not refined technician with speed and power can be dangerous. You know, and um, I agree that Anderson does have the fight IQ, I think, over him. Just because of all the years of experience. I just look at this. He he has slowed down quite a bit. His sure. chin is not what it used to be. When you're fighting those young, aggressive fighters. No, but if if you, you know, look, like, and this this is the part, take a look at his uh, record. Put it, bring it down. So Uriah Hall was a TKO. He got tired yeah. in that. He, he took some shots. He wasn't knocked out or anything like that. 
you had the one against uh Cannoneer that was TKO it was a leg kick and his leg was but decision, 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 decision. And you look at all of those and you go, he wasn't getting knocked out. Where did he get knocked out? Yeah. He got knocked out in the Weidman shot in the, in the Weidman. And that, that one was, that was a good knockout, but he hasn't been knocked out for years, mm-hmm. years. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's saying that his brain, if it was injured and if he was concussed, it's had time to heal. It's had time to adjust. Doesn't mean that his chin's going to be as good as it once was early in his career, which he had a good chin at one time. It's not the same. You're absolutely right, but it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, he obviously still possesses power the way he put Tito out. But he he did say in the in his press conference that he's got, you know, some sparring partner that keeps knocking him out. And so you go, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's like the did you just say that? But he must yeah. have been talking about it, goofing around, talking about he's his goofing sons. around. He's I hope goofing so. around. Um, it's, we started this conversation though, talking about Nate Diaz. By the way, we got way off track. Look, Nate Diaz and Jake Paul. I'm 100 percent interested in. I'm not interested in seeing Anderson Silva and, and Nate Diaz. There's no. no interest for me at all whatsoever to see that fight. Well, we, um, I think we, I think we really started this conversation off Mike with Mike Perry. Perry. Yep, and bare knuckle boxing and yeah. Nate doing bare knuckle boxing and you're not going to see that yeah you're not going to see it i don't think nate has any interest in doing bare knuckle boxing and they don't have the money that nate wants to do that yeah no i do think though that there might be like there may be some sort of opportunity to you know mike perry fought in that triad thing the the chip thing the chip ring thing i'm not saying that organization again but i'm saying you're already in trouble I could see I could see Mike Perry and him doing something in MMA gloves, a boxing match in MMA gloves, but I don't know where they would do it and what they would do it in and you know and how they would do it. I don't know if, you know, BK FC or whatever it was could have the funding for it. I don't know if they could afford to pay an ideas like you said. That's a That's, lot of money he's gonna want. He's gonna want anywhere between five to say fifteen million, somewhere in yep. there, I think. And he's gonna and he rightfully deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah, because he's it. gonna bring eyeballs. Yeah, absolutely. There's people that guy. just want to watch Nate. Fucking, I'm one of them. They love me. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm fucking one of them. So sign me up. Like I said, I will pay for any fucking fight that Nate Diaz is on. Did, did you did you happen to see the, there was a, I don't know who did it, but they did it with Corey Sanhagen. It was a repeat with the, the shoes because Nate, Nate had said bad things about the UFC rock shoes. And mm-hmm. then they, they took an old interview from Nate about you know what are you gonna do? I'm gonna you know, go out there, pop, pop, take home a pocket full of cash. And they had Corey Sanhagen use the exact lines from Nate Diaz, and you go, when you can take an old interview that meant nothing and have someone redo it, it tells you people yeah. like what that guy says. He's a needle mover. It's so funny. Uh, Here's the thing: he he was an oppressor, and he said, yeah, when they wanted me to fight Chang Lee. He was talking about Li Liang or Li, and he and, and someone goes, uh, "You know what you just said." And he goes, "Yeah, but you know, I didn't mean it like that." You know, it's just he's like, "I didn't, I don't, I don't know the guy's name." And he doesn't. He doesn't. And he mean doesn't. Like that. And that's the thing. What's real about him? He wasn't trying to be an asshole. He no. just really doesn't know the person's name. You know, and I got He got the last name right, Li. He's <laughs> just like he just didn't. But that's but what you get from him is what you're going to get every single time. And the, the what's the word? I'm like, the authenticity of who he is 
it's never going to be changed, man. Nope. I I watched his presser afterwards, and he had a smile on his face the whole time. He had that, like, I'm free. I'm a free man. I can make any decision I want right now, and no one fucking owns me. That's right. It just had that, that you could see the look on his face, like, I'm good. Like, I'm happy. Everything that I deserve, I worked for, fucking worked out in the end for me. And I'm happy for him, man. I'm happy to see what happens. If he fights Jake Paul, great. If he doesn't fight Jake Paul, great. I mean, I don't care. But whatever he does, I'm going to tune in and watch, man. Big fan. Fan of, fan for life. Yep. Uh, next. <clears throat> next story. Uh, did you guys see Jimmy Key's comments that he wants to do a Pettis fight? He... He's saying crossover. I don't know if that means, um, you know, if he wants P- uh, Pettis to come to Bellator or if he wants it, you know, to be a crossover with PFL. Don't know how that would work. But um, is Pettis still under contract with the PFL? I thought didn't Pettis say he's retiring? I didn't hear that one. Can you? Yeah, can you look that up? I believe he only signed a two-year deal with them, and that he's been there for two seasons. So I, I don't think he's going to renegotiate and try to figure out, but. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, he wasn't in the. He wasn't in the finals this year. Two broken hands. Yeah. Yeah, that was in his fight that's with it. Stevie Ray. Yeah, yeah I'm saying that's that's the latest kind of reports yeah. on him. I don't know. I, I, thought, I think first off, AJ McKee, you know, calling out someone from a different organization. You're not in that position right now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, we. It's. it's I think he's just getting. I feel like he's super talented. He knows what he's capable AJ of. AJ is, and he, he just, just doesn't know where to go right now. He just, he's he seems like he's lost. I mean, he's he's forty five, then fifty five. Now he's up at fifty five. He's not going back down to forty five. When I talked to him last, nope. He's like, I'm here. I'm here at fifty five. That's where I'm staying. I think at forty five, he would have been the champ. He would have been the champ maybe for a long time. And I'm a Patricio Pitbull, huge fan, huge fan. But I think AJ just Stylisky was was the type of way that he could fight him. The reach, the speed, all those things that give gives Pitbull problems, AJ possesses. And the, the reach and the range and all that stuff. At 55, he's going to have a lot tougher task, especially when you look at that roster at 55. And I know that there is, I know that there's talk, there's buzz. That they're going to do the 55-pound tournament next year. And if that happens, he's going to be obviously thrown into that mix. I mean, you're not going to not have him in there. He's the the 145 you know, featherweight world Grand Prix champion. Yep. You're gonna put him in there. Oh He's, yeah, you know, and and if he gets this win over Spark, Spike Carlisle, which he should, he should get it easily and handily. But Spike is one of those dogs that if you don't mm-hmm. put, get him out of there, he will be there with a minute left in the third round. Look at who gave who gave AJ the most trouble in that Grand Prix. Not the best fighter, the guy that was the dog. Oh, yeah, let's, Campos. Let's be honest. It was Derek Campos, yeah, and Derek Campos, Campos is a dog, a guy that just doesn't quit, won't yeah. give in, keeps throwing shots at you. Guess what Spike Carlisle is? Yeah. He's that guy, man. He doesn't give in, man. He comes back and he throws. When you, when you expect him to back off, he steps forward and throws. Like you said, AJ is a special talent, no doubt about it. And he's so good, and, you know, and I've watched him growing up into the fighter that he is he needs focus that's the only thing i say to well, sit John, there you've and known to... him since he's been what eight seven yeah seven yeah something like that i mean you've seen him grow up right in front of you 
Yeah. You know, and then you've known yeah. his dad forever. I mean, I right. I ducked his dad fucking for at least six, seven years, so I never had to fight his ass. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Yeah. They always try to match me up with him. I was like, get the fuck out of here. You are way too fucking strong. Too he is fucking strong as a me. fucking ox, man. Super strong and way too good of a wrestler and too athletic for me. I was like, get away from me. Stay yeah. away. I mean, I took the fight a couple times, and luckily... The fight got canceled somehow, some way. We were supposed to fight, I think, in the Ultimate Athlete a long, long time. Remember that show? That they got canceled. Long ago. Yeah, we were supposed to fight there, I believe. And and uh something happened and the fight never happened. It was supposed to be the fight after. Supposed to be the show, I think, after they canceled it all. It was supposed to be their next show. And I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever, I'll take it. And pff, thank God, I never took it. Would <laughs> <I mean, laughs> have had a different yeah. career, probably. It's uh, it's one of those, you know, with you look at AJ and you go, at 145 and yes as as guys get older they get bigger it's tougher you change things up then nutrition wise this is a profession it's a job and you got to say hey if i want to stay in this weight class i can because you know he he can't make it the weight cuts hard not saying it's not it's you know that sucks i totally understand but all of the advantages that he has at 145 start to go away at 155 yeah. the, the size of the frame the length all the things that he has this is an advantage this is an advantage they all end up everyone's the same they're the same as far as that height they're the same as far as that reach they're the same as far as speed wise he may be a little bit faster than uh you know some of the guys in there but there's guys that are going to match him yeah. you know you take a look at uzman or magomedov as far as you know speed on the feet He's right there with him, and he's got the same length, if not more. Yeah, I think you have more. Yeah. I, I look at the, the guys that are in there, like Tofik Mosayev, he might be faster than AJ. I don't know if he's going to be as strong, but he's a fucking dog, and he he is explosive. He will try and touch AJ at every turn. Yep. And you've got Usman, and you've got uh, Mamadov. I mean, you've got that whole – Alexander Shabli is a fucking problem yep. for, for him. Yep. He is a – People need to realize who Shabley is an anti-wrestler. Yep. Guy's got great takedown defense. And he's a, just a bitch. And he'll turn that, that you try to take him down, he'll turn it around on you and end up on top of you. But his stand-up, dude, he's sharp. Fantastic boxer, relaxed. Like, he, you could tell he's been working a lot with a lot of the guys at ATT. But, like, uh, uh, Masvidal is, like, you could tell. He kind of started mimicking the whole pull up the pant. Hands boxing, relaxing, the the feints, the movements that Masvidal does, but just a young version of him, man. Just yeah. with the pat with power. He's got power. He's got speed. He's got accuracy. In this in this whole thing, I look at him. I'm like, damn, he's a problem for all of them. You've got Tofik, yep. you've got Shabli, you got Usman, you've got uh, Mamadov, all those guys. You got Rabatanov. You've got all yeah. of them are all nasty, nasty fighters. You know, and in the mix, you got the old school. You got Benson. You got Patricky's the champ. But, I mean, like, there's a mix-up in there, man. Brent Primus, Brent Primus is a problem. At, he's a problem. When you hit them, when the fight hits the ground, he's a problem. Yeah. Especially if he gets on top of you, he's not a problem. So, there's some mix-ups in there. We're going to see. But, AJ, he's going to get that win. If he does get that win, it's going to put him right into that mix of, okay, next year's the Grand Prix. Where do I fit? And who do I draw? That's going to be a tough task, man. I mean, yeah. there's it's shaping up to be a fun little... Uh, Grand Prix, if they can put that thing together by next year. Um, all right, what else you got for us? 
All right. Um, next one. Marlon Marais is ending his retirement. Uh, signing with PFL <laughs> at 145. Uh, well, he should have been at 45, I think, a lot of the time. He was killing himself to get 35. It just wasn't a good fit for him, man. 45 is the spot for him. When you get older, you could tell he was killing himself and depleting himself so much. He started reminding me of uh, Gleason Tebow. Explosive for the first round, halfway through the second round, just a different dead. fighter. Not this dead. Just too much, too heavy, not enough food in look his at, system. Just Everything. look at when look at when he fought Henry Cejudo. Look yeah. at the damage he did in the first round against Henry Cejudo. Yeah. And he was exhausted. And it's not because he wasn't in shape. It's because he was cutting so much weight, he just lost, you know, there was no energy left. Yeah. You know, and so the biggest problem is here now you're talking about a guy that has been knocked out multiple times. If you take a look at his last, you know, four fights, take a look at how they ended. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with Marlon here. Not that, you know, he's basically going home kind of because he's going to the PFL, which was the World Series of Fighting where he was the champion and stuff. And so he's kind of going home with it. And I kind of like that for him and I hope he does well. I just hope that there is a gap of time that he has good gap, 9, 10, 11 months before he's fighting. I think that's going to help him a lot. And I think the 145, like you said, is going to help him a ton as far as being better in the fight and being healthier. I think it's going to help his chin. Yeah, absolutely. The amount of liquid, the amount of fluid he's going to have in his body to help give that brain a little extra jar, whatever it is. I think he's going to, it's going to help him a lot. I think in that position, I also think that his energy level is going to increase tenfold. If you, like you said, give him some more time to get on there. If you're, if he's not going to fight until next March. Brilliant. It's great. That's plenty of time for him to put the weight on properly. He's got like probably a 26 inch waist. Him and Benson Henderson are like fucking waist <laughs> brothers. I swear their, their waists are like this big around, but their shoulders and their chest are just barrel chested. Both of them are fantastic fighters, but, and, but Marlon, he's got a lot. I think he still has a lot left in the tank. He's going to make these adjustments. He's probably having some some success in the gym um, at 145, training with the guys at 145, training while he has the weight on. He's probably having a little bit of success. He's like, Feeling look, I'm going to go here. It. I'm going to make some money. I'm, you know, Like he said, he's the former champion from the World Series of Fighting. I think he understands what's going on. Hey, yep. you guys are going to pay me a lot of money basically to come back home. I'm here to win. So good for him. Good for him. Next. All right, let's get. Uh, let me just find which. Hey, one Dave, don't sound so motivated, buddy. All right, let's get right back <laughs> to right. this. Well, I saw you pulled up something. What'd you pull up there? Uh, I know you you said you wanted Lad, to talk. I saw it. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I'd, I'd left it in there, but I I wasn't gonna. Um, I was gonna go to the next one, but um, let's just, yeah, let's, Aspen, let's, we we let's never covered on this on the quick. show. Yeah, we yeah. never covered it on the main show over the weekend. We obviously um, wanted to highlight the fights and not the poor performances by some. So. Um, we did not discuss the Aspen Lad podcast. Dave taking a shot, huh? Taking Damn. a shot. Damn, producer feel like he can throwing fight throwing shade. Huh? Little bit of train Alta and look at him. He feels like he can fight. <laughs> Aspen Lad will whoop your ass, dog. I would pay to see that. No, the bo- this is it. Like I don't want to give too much uh, spotlight attention. to something like this. Attention to something like this. She's missed weight multiple times. I'm surprised UFC hasn't cut him. I cut her. I believe that they haven't cut her because there's. Not a lot of talent in, in, the, in the female weight classes. You have the top six, seven, you know, maybe even eight. 
But they try to keep whatever they have, whoever they have, at a young age. She's still young. There's a lot of room for growth. I think, honestly, some fighters, like I'll use my boy, Anthony Johnson, Rumble. He just didn't realize that he was being stubborn. Stop trying to make the weight when you don't need to make the weight anymore. He went up. He had some fights outside the UFC. He realized how much he missed the UFC and the success he had outside the UFC. Stabilized himself at a weight class he was happy at. Came back and made a fucking killing in the UFC financially. You know, and then, uh, you know, he's now with Bellator going through some health issues. But he's he's making a killing there as well. Her, it might be good for her to be released. And just a reality check of, we don't need you. Like we, we, there's other well, females that can take your spot. We sure we would love to, We would love to have you, but if you can't make weight, what's the point? We're canceling fights because you're more of a headache now. You're more of a liability now for us. And we're putting all this money into investing into you and promoting you and doing all these things. We're done. Let you go fight somewhere else. Go fight in the small shows. Go fight in Victor. Go do what you got to do over there. Get some wins and come back when you're ready to, to, Mature as a person, to, as yeah. as an athlete, do well, your we, job. What is your many, job, John? There you go. That's it. Come on. That's what we. Do how many times do we talk about what is your job? And one of the three things is make weight. Every the promotion is they're standing there dumbfounded when you don't make weight. They've con- you you signed a contract. You know what you know when that date is. All the stuff, and then you don't make weight, and they're like, "What the hell?" And you look and. You, she had just done an interview a couple of days before talking about how she had changed things up and that the weight is not going to be an issue this time and everything is, you know, tighter and she's feeling better and it's all so good. And then she missed again and you just look and you go, damn. And it's, I don't know if it is the pressure of everything, but I don't. I'm not sure that they're going to release her, but I could see it happening. And, I, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. She can always come back. You know, she can always, you know, go out, get used to doing things the right way, get yourself, you know, set like you said you had, and then come back and fight in the UFC, you know, at another time, and, you know, do well. But I, it's, it's one of those, it's dumbfounding. You know, it can, I, if it happens once, I understand it. When it happens more than once, no. I feel like she is battling some inner demons, whatever they are, whether it's with at home, whether it's her coaches, whether it's her training, whether it's just something personally for her to come and not make weight several times. There's something going on. It's not just that you're, you are sabotaging yourself now. Yeah. And so there's gotta be, there's, there's inner, there's inner stuff going on that none of us have the answers to. So she's going to have to figure it out on herself. Yeah. I, she's going to have to figure it out. I just hope she does figure it out. I hope she does. I agree with yeah. you. Next. All right. Let's wrap up in the last one here. Woodley is back in talks for some <laughs> boxing um, in November here. And we're talking about Tommy Fury. Jesus. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, what I'm going to say is T. Wood, man, make that money. Do whatever it takes to make money. You know, I mean, he's 40 years old. I think he's 40 now, 40, 41. I mean, do whatever it takes to make money. You want to fight Tommy Fury? I think Tommy Fury would fight him. I think Tommy Fury doesn't want to fight Jake Paul because Jake Paul, just the reach he has social media wise, the the way that he talks shit to people. I think after if he does beat him, the way he does all that stuff, really, really, I think, I think, 
I think Tommy Fury is one of those guys that kind of just he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be criticized for he if he loses. I don't think he wants to be that person. He strikes me as somebody I don't know him at all, no more personally, yeah. but he strikes me as someone that he really does not want to let someone like a Jake Paul get a win over him. He doesn't want. So to then hide. don't. Yeah, no, I, I, he's not going to fight him. I mean, we already know he's not fighting. He's already not fought him twice. Yeah. But I think with T Wood, T Wood's a different different animal. T Wood, I think, is win, lose, whatever. T Wood's almost always. I've never seen him be disrespectful ever. He's a respectful guy. No, I mean, he's a good guy. He's a really he's yeah. a great person. Tyron's you know, a great I've guy. Train with him. Train with him a bunch. Hung out a lot. He's a he's a great person. Yep. I don't. I think this fight, if it does happen. I think it'd be a fun fight. I mean, for me, I'd watch it. See, I like. To I don't want. I don't want to see Tyron fight anymore. He, he should have made you. enough money off of the two, especially yeah. coming in last minute on the, yeah. the second one. He should have made enough money, man. If you're smart with your money, you can invest. You can walk away from this stuff. Yeah, there's just no reason for it. I, I just, I don't, I don't want to. You know, watching Tyron get knocked out the way he did in that fight, yeah. that second one, I don't want to see that. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to see a guy that did so much and was so successful going out that way. You know, with a in a in a sport that he doesn't belong in. Because mm-hmm. look at Tyron started as a wrestler, okay, and he was a good wrestler, and he was dynamic. You know, with his ground and pound and and what he could do, and he slowly became more of a stand up guy. But he was never a he was never a striker he was never that guy and uh, when you take away those elements from him you know he's not he's not special there as the boxer you know what i've always admired john is i've admired fighters that were long in the tooth and that could still wrestle the way that they wrestled brandon couture oh yeah fucking he made his money. His bread and butter was he knew, he knew what just, He knew what brought him, man. Just fucking wrestle fuck you and just beat you down. I mean, he was that guy. And up until the end of his career, he was grinding motherfuckers out. Yep. T, T. Wood got away from it and never went back. Fell in love with the stand-up. Fell in love with, you know, the combinations of speed. He has power. I've trained with him. He's fast as fuck when I spar with him. Like, he, he's a fantastic fighter. But he got away from what brought him to the dance. What brought him what, to the dance. Yeah, what brought him all those wins and all the success he had. He had some big knockouts during that run, but the wrestling is really what kept him going. you know. And when they start getting away from it, from what brought them to the dance, you start seeing the change. And it's not good, man. It's not good. That's what I've, I've kind of I've admired um, Usman. Even though he's coming off the loss to Leon, he was he was doing well on the feet. Leon didn't give him any threats in terms of until the last second. But Usman mixed in the wrestling. Usman mixed in the stand up. He did what he was supposed to do. He just yep. made a mistake. That's yep. all. He just made he made a mistake. It can happen to anyone. That's a common mistake, everyone. You guys should all understand. It's common in boxing. It's common in MMA. And the kick's coming from a different angle. That's common. Trying to parry the punch across your face and dipping your head to the outside. It's yep. fucking super common. So for what he did, it was a mistake. He'll be back. He'll be back a hundred times better. T Wood is someone that got away from it completely. Now started just becoming a stand-up fighter. That's why I've always admired fighters like a Randy Tour, you know, Usman, guys that stuck with their wrestling. Colby Covington. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but I mean, he he understands what he's good at, you know. And 
he's a grinder. He gets in there and just grinds on people and grinds on people. He did it to Lawler. He did it to Masvidal. He's just, that's him. That's who he is. You got to admire right. those fighters, man. It's not easy being that guy. It's not Ooh. easy. That, that shit's hard. People need to remember that this sport is fucking hard. And wrestling is a big portion of this sport. And that shit is hard. So, all right. Well, hey. This is going to wrap up our show. It's the WayneInPodcast.com. Go there. Pick up some of our merch. Got the coffee mugs. Got the hoodies. It rained here all day yesterday. And it rained here a lot of today. And so, if you are here in San Jose, California, I'm sorry that you are here in San Jose, California. But (laughs) if you are here, like me, get a hoodie, man. Pick one up at WayneInPodcast.com. All right, John, take us away, buddy. Hey, for everyone out there, do me a favor. Hit the comments and wish the punk a happy birthday. 44 years old. He's an old man now. That's why he's shaving so he gets rid of the gray. Just let it go, baby. Let it go. It's okay. Don't be upset at this jawline, this smile. Look at these pearly whites, baby. And this hairline is still still thriving. Don't be jealous. I'm a good-looking SOB. You know that. There it is. Okay, I'm starting to throw up in my mouth again. For everyone out there, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you.